Welcome to the Empowering the Light podcast. Woot woot! I'm Lily Augustine, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist, and this podcast is all things love and light, empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. I cannot wait for you to dive into this next episode, and I honor the light that you are spreading in this world. Welcome back, everybody, to the Empowering the Light podcast. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this space with us. This is a super exciting episode because we are talking all about sustainability with Andre Johnston, and I'm going to let her pronounce her name way better than I am um, because I really don't want to butcher it because it's so beautiful. Um, So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Lilia. This is um, such an honor um, because this is my first podcast interview and I'm so excited to share my sustainability journey with you and your listeners. Yes, that makes me so happy to hear. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so honored that you came on this podcast to be your first one. So I'm like, yes, little celebration on this side. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so Andrea is from the Sustainable Library, and she's had a lifelong passion for living a sustainable, simple, and slow lifestyle. After years of trying to do everything fast, she made the decision to slow down and focus on living a life that leaves little behind and gives everything back. Her website, thesustainablelibrary.com, is her dedicated space for sharing her sustainable living journey, because it will always be a journey, in a simple, practical way. Because sustainable living is the future she believes we should all live, and she wants to help more people on their journey to get there. That is so amazing. I love that. I was just looking through the sustainable library before this, and it's so packed full of resources that are like so easy to digest. It's amazing. I think, and thank you so much for saying that. I think that's exactly what I I want to do with the sustainable library. I mean, I I kind of like I say. As I told you, um, I kind of have this passion for living sustainably. Um, and I grew up, so I'm, I'm originally from South Africa. So I grew up in a country where um, you're very aware that nat- of your natural resources and things like that. Um, and I grew up in a house where my mom always recycled. It was never a weird thing for me. She would always recycle and reuse and told us to, you know, just small things like pick up your litter and that kind of thing. And, and that was always me and, um, you know, upcycling things and things like that. Um, and so for me, that was always part of my, my kind of lifestyle. Um, but as you get older, you kind of realize, um, you know, you want more things and you get kind of swept up in this lifestyle of, you know, I want to have so much clothes and so much this and so much that. Um, and it was really just not kind of in line with how I'd grown up. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of come back to living a more simpler life. And um, the perfect place to start doing that was when my husband and I moved to the UK two years ago. So that's kind of where the sustainable library started. And I had to start over, um, but I could start simpler. And it's just everything that that I love about my life now, I think. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that. I feel like growing up in South Africa, having that switch of perspective is so powerful because so many people don't have that like growing up in a different perspective they have to kind of imagine that perspective or try to start living that perspective I feel like it's so powerful that you had that um and that you were able to transition that when you moved into the UK that's so amazing yeah yeah I mean it's it's also a very different it's 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 a completely different place to grow up in because it is still a developing world you don't necessarily have all the resources available especially when I was younger now I mean the world is much more open and almost everything that you can get it here you can find there but when I was growing up that that just wasn't the case we were very much removed there wasn't social media and those things so you were kind of removed from from the world I mean, our movies came out like a few months later than they did in the States, for example, <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, and our, our way of consuming was also very different. And then coming to the UK, I was very much 
kind of shocked by the the consumerism um, and the nature of of people consuming so much here. Um, and for me, that was just you know not not something that I was used to in South Africa. And also, you grow up in South Africa being exposed to a lot of um, you know poverty. And for me, it, it was such a such a stark kind of having this this background of growing up in in a country where you're very aware of that and the poverty and then coming to a first world country where you have everything um so i just always go back to that place where i remember kind of my roots and yeah yes oh that's so powerful and yeah i feel like it's same same in us as it is in the uk as we're kind of exposed to we can have this like giant consumption um, habits and it, it seems is very normalized um, and I think yeah. that's something with quarantine that's kind of stopped a, a lot of people from consuming is because they can no longer like go out and go shopping at the mall like every yeah. day and they have to wait for things to be shipped to them and they can't go do this and go do that and I feel like it's been a really great opportunity to slow down and start yeah. reconnecting to the earth and reconnecting to those roots and yeah. yeah and what I was really hearing in your story is like you like with being aware of all of this too it sounds like you're very connected to the earth and connected to nature in that way yeah I mean so um a very big part of my childhood was spent on the farm growing up on the farm so um I was used to you know walk walking around barefoot on the farm and um you know on the one hand it's kind of a contrast because I grew up on a dairy farm um which now, um, obviously, as a child, um, you don't really realize um, the the impact and the you know of the dairy industry. And now, looking back, I I've always said cows are my favorite animal. Um, I stopped eating red meat, um, you know, more than ten years ago um, because I felt so connected to them as animals. Um, they're extremely smart. They actually have best friends. I don't know if you know, knew that. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've always had that kind of connection to animals and to nature. Um, and that's what's helped me and my husband kind of transition to a plant-based diet. So um, that's something that's fed into our sustainable um, living journey as well. So, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. I feel like that's something that we're all like striving right now to like come back into that connection. And it's so powerful hearing your story and hearing how you grew up and now how you yeah. transition all of that connection to the earth, connection to animals into a sustainable lifestyle, yeah. which is, is a, such a beautiful transition. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everything that we have comes from the earth. Um, there's a, a concept in, in sustainability called the, the circular economy, where everything that you, that you have or that gets produced should kind of form a circular kind of motion. Um, when it's produced, it should be from some kind of natural product that can be recycled or reused, and then once again made into something else. So um, there, on a, on a huge scale, there are companies who do these kind of things, um, recycling companies and, and things like that. But on a small scale, um, we can do that as well by creating our own kind of circular economies in our house, um, reusing food scraps and composting. Composting is a great kind of circular economy that you create in your own home. Um, so if you're more aware of being sustainable and you can create that kind of ecosystem in your own home, in your own life, it's really, it's really rewarding, I think, um, to live that way. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds super rewarding. It was, I loved just listening to you describe it as like this circle or like this cyclical way of living. And it, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, connection to nature and the seasons, connection to women and their menstrual yep. cycle, connection to like everything in our world that is this like exactly. giant cycle. And I love yep. that sustainability fits so, like it is that too, like sustainable living. Yep is the same cycle that we are experiencing like in our breath in our rhythm in our menstrual cycle yeah. in the world it's it's fascinating how all these things just like come together it's just like beautiful flower that's like the same <laughs> oh that that's that's so beautiful how you describe that exactly um 
I mean, just mentioning, you mentioning, you know, our, our menstrual cycle as well. I went through a, a, a large point of my life where I was on, on the pill um, for my hormones. And um, when I started going off of that, um, I was also kind of, uh, that was part of my sustainability journey because I believe, you know, that's part of living a healthy, sustainable life. And my food choices fit into that. And that's also where plant-based eating came in. Um, so, and then kind of learning about all the chemicals you put into your body and how those impact your hormones. Um, and that fit into looking at um, what kind of things I was washing, like using as, as um, you know, shower in, shower in the shower or cleaning my, my clothes with um, and that kind of stuff. So it really is all connected. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I like have similar experience. So like I have super sensitive skin. So mm -hmm. like we grew up with using a lot of green products and very like, uh, like products that didn't have a ton of like terrible toxins and then yeah. that were like as green as possible just because my whole family like had like super sensitive lungs, had like super sensitive skin. So yeah. I like grew up in that. And it was actually, it's interesting how you mentioned like that transition to, I moved to Pittsburgh straight out of high school to pursue a professional dance career. Mm. And when I was there, that was the first time that I really realized that most people don't use sustainable, like green household products. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I ended up being with four other, I was rooming with like three other girls. So it was like four of us in a small apartment. And it was sometimes a struggle getting everybody to use green products because they were just so used to, like they grew up yeah. using like the scrubbing bubbles, like shower thing that's like full of bleach and all of these yeah. different things. And um, that, I think that was the first time that it really clicked in my head that I was like, oh, like that's, that, that's like, the using green products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We think what we're doing is the normal, but really that's, that's what, what yeah. society holds up as the normal. Yes. And I love how you mentioned like balance with balancing your hormones because it is so true that so many of those toxic uh things that we put on our skin or in our household yeah. like all of them affect our hormones and yeah. affect our development so if anyone's out there and having like extreme period symptoms check what you're using in your house like that's a yeah. good first step for eliminating some toxins for your own hormonal hormonal health yeah i mean one uh, you've probably seen on my on my instagram as well i always rave about vinegar I love vinegar, um, white vinegar, and um, I mainly use it, well, not mainly use I use it in, in all kind of cleaning, but one big thing I use it for is as fabric softener for my clothes, because as a baby, I um, had an extreme allergic reaction to fabric softener, um, and when I was a baby, we still had cloth nappies. So my mom was like, what am I going to do? I was a winter baby um, in the middle of the high felt in South Africa, which is extremely cold. Um, and so she, you know, what was she going to do? She, she had to wash all my nappies. And somehow she found out about using vinegar and she's been using it ever since. Um, and when I um, moved over to the UK a few years ago to do my master's, um, it was the first time I really started, um, I just moved out of house and I, it was the first time I started doing my own laundry and, um, I used, I, I was just like, Oh, whatever, I'll use fabric softener. And, uh, I called my mom one day and I was like, Oh no, like, you know, it's just, everything just feels itchy. And she was like, are you using vinegar or fabric softener? And I was like, Oh, that's what you always use. And I clicked. And, and so now, I mean, I, I've had to like convince my husband and convince so many people, but it is, I mean, it's cheaper. It doesn't smell like anything. And it's there, there's no like toxins or chemicals in it that um, kind of affect my skin. So yeah, it's my favorite product. <laughs> I love that. So how do you use it as a fabric softener? Like what do you just like put it in like so, the, yeah in the wash? In, into your you know the little tray that comes out of your your like machine you just put it into the same place where you'd put your fabric softener into and because it dilutes um in the water you it doesn't come out smelling like anything um so yeah and and that's a nice thing about vinegar um i also use it to clean my house a lot and I just add some citrus peels, you know, orange peels or lemon peels. And it has a 
slight vinegar smell, but only for like a few minutes after wiping and then it's gone. And then it actually has like a citrusy smell. So, you know, it's, it's amazing that smell doesn't last, um, but it really cleans. So yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I actually want to try cleaning my house now. So do you just like yeah. put it in like a spritz bottle and like clean yep. counters with just vinegar and lemon peels? Yep. Yeah. Oh, just that. So, and, and it's, it's the best for uh, windows as well, specifically. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so helpful. <laughs> I have <laughs> all of our windows, all of our mirrors are so dirty. And like, I don't, I like once had the like mayors, I don't, does the UK have like the mayors brand also? Or is that? Uh, I didn't think I don't, so. Okay. So that's probably just here, but like, I've been using like Mayers, which is a very green company too. Yeah. And I lost the spray for like windows and mirrors. Oh, so I haven't no. been able to clean any of our things like effectively. So <laughs> just side note, that was super helpful. Now <laughs> I know what I can go do today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and it's so cheap. That's, that's mm -hmm. the, the best part for me. And you can just like, you know, you're reusing your food scraps. You just buy some vinegar at a bulk store. Um, because bulk stores are becoming really big now, which is yeah. amazing. So, yeah. So simple. So easy. So, like, we were talking earlier, we were talking about how sustainable living sometimes feels, like, it, like unaccessible to people because mm. there's this stigma around it that it costs a lot of money or it's really yeah. hard to do. And I feel like that was the perfect example of how, like, cheap and easy it can be to clean your house using sustainable products. Like, you don't need to go buy the $20 bottle yeah. of cleaner that only has like an ounce of cleaning exactly. liquid in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I really, really think for me, I mean, so there's a lot of terms in, in um, eco-friendly living and there's, you know, environmental action and eco-friendly products and green and this and this. And why I decided to focus on sustainable living is because I really feel like it, it kind of capsulates everything it's not just about you know cleaning it's not just about your food it's not um just about about uh what you buy it's not lots of people focus on specific things for me sustainability is a lifestyle and i don't believe you can really be sustainable if it firstly um, costs you a lot of money um, if it requires you to buy things that you can't reuse or that you're only going to use for a certain amount of time, um, or if it's something that makes you anxious. Um, and I think that's what kind of goes into slow living. So I've, I've struggled with anxiety from, from like teenage years. Yeah. And I think so many, so many people today do, um, and there's kind of, there's a term called eco-anxiety. And it's all because I really believe people get caught up in this idea that, you know, to be eco-friendly and to care for the planet, you have to li live a certain way. But being sustainable is living in harmony with the earth while kind of fitting it into your life. Um, if, if that makes sense, you know? So much sense. So much sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 for me is why I I started the sustainable library and why it wasn't just about you know the eco friendliness. Um, the the sustainable library. I, I guess I can quickly tell you a little bit about what I'm doing right now. So right now I'm doing um, a twelve week or twelve step sustainable living challenge, and um, that kind of originated. Um, at the end of 2018, 2018, um, my mom had come, we'd been in the UK for a year, um, a little bit less than a year, and my mom had come over to visit, and I felt very much um, kind of like I needed something to, to ground me again, and my mom was here, and I was talking to her, and she was like, but you know, you've always lived a life where you, you care about the earth and you care about you know the products you buy and those kind of things why don't you start sharing that i i was already i had a blog and i kind of just had it to share stuff with my family back home and she was like why don't you you know do that a little bit um and my mom knows me very well so she knew that i needed to set myself a little bit of a challenge so i set myself a a, a year-long challenge of living more sustainably 
Um, so it was a 12 month challenge originally. Um, so basically what I'm doing now, my 12 week challenge, I did over a, over a year. So I took a month for each, each kind of topic. Um, and then when I finished that, I was like, well, I've learned so much. I now need to share this with people, but I can't expect people to do, take a whole year. Um, you know, it's, it's quite intense. So I um, condensed it into 12 weeks and every week I focus on a specific topic. So week one was uh, paper. So you start off with something quite simple. Then it was plastic. Um, we had was paper, plastic. We've talked about green cleaning specifically. Um, we've talked about um, green beauty. So in terms of, you know, makeup and, and that kind of thing as well. Um, there's uh, upcoming topics is stuff like green fashion, uh, green traveling, um, you know, that kind of thing. I just finished, um, this week was green energy. Um, I, I, my day job is in digital publishing. Um, so I'm very aware of the amount of energy we actually use to create digital products. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, and basically, and then we, we finish off the kind of 12 weeks with, um, ending off with, with slow living because at the end of it all, it needs to kind of come back to making us calm. So that's why I wanted to start this kind of 12 weeks and I wanted to share it with people to help kind of people move into a more sustainable life. Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. I've been loving watching all of your posts and videos, by the way, for your challenge. They've been super educational. Like, I've been loving it. Um, and there, yeah, and there's so much I want to dive into after with what you just said. And the first thing I want to say is I love this more like holistic approach to sustainability. That's like, it's more than just like the a product. It's like your lifestyle. It's how you feel in your lifestyle. And I feel like that's an area of sustainability that I'm getting further and further into is like, how can you live a life that feels sustainable for you when you don't burn out? And like, how can yeah. you run a business in a way that's sustainable for you that you, again, don't burn out from extreme exactly. anxiety? Exactly. Yes. So I love that that's like all incorporated that you're doing this like full circle um, education and the sustainable library around it, but it's not, I feel like I see so many people doing like, just like living a sustainable lifestyle where it's like, don't burn out, live according to your body, and then just like, here's how you use green products. And I love that yeah. you've like meshed it together, and it's, because it really is, it's all yeah. one. Like, yeah. it's all our lifestyle. Exactly, and I think also, I think what, what for me is quite important, so as I, as I mentioned, my, my day job, I have a day job, I have a nine to five, well, semi nine to five, you know, um, but it's, uh, I, I have a day job. I'm not, I don't do this full time. I'd love to possibly one day do it full time, but I also love my job. Um, and I work really hard to get to where I am in my job. Um, but I, so I know I'm busy. I have all these things, but I can still live sustainably. So for me, that's so important that you don't have to go and quit your job and live on an island and, you know, like, that you don't have to do that to to be sustainable to have a sustainable lifestyle um you can incorporate it little by little bit into your your own life and in the end it needs to make you happy um you know it, it needs to make you happy that you made the choice to um for example last week we bought a, a little footstool because i can't reach everywhere in our kitchen and we bought it off etsy and it's handmade and that decision, because it was a more sustainable way of buying, supporting local, made us more happy than buying something from, you know, just a shop or something that was made from plastic in China, you know, that kind of a thing. That, that's what sustainability should be. You should make these decisions, not because you have to, but because they make you happy. Yes, 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 yes. So everyone who's listening who's like, I can't go sustainable. That's too much work. Know that you can. That yeah. it can be something that's enjoyable, that makes you happy, and that's accessible, no matter what you do, and no matter where you live. I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I really wanted to dive into also this this idea of uh, sustainability within uh, like digital things. Like you know, I was just yeah. reading 
one of your blog posts about it. Um, and I wasn't able to get through the whole thing right before we hopped on this call, but I was reading it. I was like, oh my gosh, I never noticed doing a Google search like has a carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really scary. It's really scary if you think about it. I mean, it's, it's because it's not like plastic that we see floating around in the ocean. It's not even like planes that we know emit carbon and we can see them flying around. Us having this session um, you know, talking online, all of this information is taken to a data center, which is somewhere in the world. Um, there are a huge amounts of them in the US specifically. And um, I don't know if you've ever, so my, my brother is a, a gamer and he, so obviously I know what it feels like walking into his room. My partner it's, is a gamer, so I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, and it's so hot. So imagine that times like a thousand, that's a data center. So to keep those, those kind of systems, those computers, those huge massive computers that where all our information and all our clicks and actions are saved and, and outputted, to keep that running, we need energy and it also needs to be cooled because otherwise it overheats and that needs energy as well. Most of these data centers aren't powered by green energy. Most of them are powered by fossil fuels. And basically, it's this indirect carbon footprint that we're emitting um, simply by doing a Google search. Whoa. I'm, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I had no idea. And I, this is probably due to my ignorance on this topic as well. But no, I, no. Like, what? I feel like everyone's always like, go digital, go digital. Like that's like, that's how you save, that's like how you save the earth. But it's like, but in order for us to save the earth, the earth going digital, we need to kind of fix the systems that are supporting that digital living to be sustainable. Exactly. I mean, um, once again, going back to me working and publishing, I mean, there's this drive of we we should go digital. We should have eBooks. We should have this. But only recently have we started, it, it, we've been mapping out, you know, what our footprints are making, you know, books, print books for, for years. We know, you know, you use this amount of paper and water and this and that, but we don't know what our impact is from making all these digital products. It's, it's still so unknown. And I've only started looking into it recently, you know, this year, because I kind of started realizing that once you start realizing your everything you do has an impact, then you you realize you need to look into that as well. But it is like you say, we need to kind of fix the underlying structures. So it's fine if you know the 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 websites and the data centers are powered by green energy. So for example, you can have green hosting. Uh, where your your website is hosted by a company that uses that's powered by green energy um yeah yeah and oh, so that's it, like a, that's a thing right now yeah yeah so oh. amazing amazing little plugin that you can download for um your computer is called the green web foundation um so you, you can just go on on their website and they have this little plugin and it gives you a little like green smiley face that appears at the front of when you do like a google search it appears at the front of the web page and that basically tells you that this web page is powered by a green energy source and if it's not it has like a little frowny gray frowny face um like sad face and that way you can see if the websites you visit are actually powered by green energy which for me is, is great. And I've actively started choosing those websites over others because, you know, that's part of what you want to kind of do, what you want to support. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is so relevant with like having a digital business, like having a virtual business, yeah. which I know like so many people who listen to this podcast, like are in the place where they either have a virtual business or just everything is online right now in general. And that's, yeah. that's something that we don't think about. Is, I feel like I Google things like 10 hundred things a day. So now I'm going to be like, do I really need to Google that right now? <laughs> now well, I feel like I'm going to think like about 
my Googling and try to be smarter about what I'm doing too. I think, I think that's, that's one thing about, about digital, but the thing is, once again, it goes back to being sustainable shouldn't kind of stop us from doing what we love or learning or things like that. We should just use the right tools. So there's another really cool tool called um, Ecosia. So they're a search engine and for every search, they plant a tree. So they're basically like Google, but like the green Google. Um, so I, I don't use them for all my searches because their indexing isn't as, as good as Google yet. But the more we start using them, the better their, their indexing of websites will become. Um, so, you know, that, that's the kind of thing. You just need to look at your tools. If you're starting an online business, amazing, do that because you can reach so many people all over the world. I mean, we can, we can talk to each other from across the, across the oceans, but look at things like green hosting, find a green, green um, you know, hosting company and, and choose that over, you know, just the, the first one you Google. So it's just kind of making those small changes and having the right tools. And, and that's, that's part for me, part of sustainability. Yes, I feel like that's so powerful because I feel like that is so relevant, like being, like not letting something uh, stop your life, but instead finding the tools and resources to help you do that thing in a way that feels good for you. And I feel like that's so relevant to so much like coaching and uh, really relevant to like what I do too, which is like, don't let your period control your life, but have the tools and resources so that you can align your life with it so that it feels good like being cyclical. So I feel like that's that's such a beautiful way to think about it that kind of yeah. integrates itself into like everything that people do, like do. That like don't let something yeah. stop you, just find the right resources and tools. And that's doable. Yeah. That yeah, feels exactly. doable. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's it, we don't have those tools for everything yet. But the more we start asking the questions, um, the more we'll, we'll th- those two tools will start developing. Um, and, and the more we look for them, um, and support the, the people and the companies that have been developing these things, because lots of them, you know, are very obscure, um, and very niche, but it's kind of just supporting those companies and, and giving them the time of the day. So I think that's what, what I like doing as well. Like just in general with sustainability, I don't like kind of, um, showing the, the big, kind of uh, green products and things like that. I love uh, showcasing like smaller companies and especially South African companies, like local South African companies, um, because that it's these people who, who want to make a difference and we should support that. Yes, yes. I saw you had the, like the toothpaste tablets like on your Instagram recently and I yeah. don't remember the, I saved it because I don't remember the brand of it, but I was like, because I keep wanting to get them and I like see ads pop up and I, I don't always trust the ads. I'm like, I don't know if this is the best company, but yeah. I love that you had posted that because I like, I would love to go stay like this side, side note, I'd love to go sustainable in my toothpaste. Um, yeah. But that's just like a, an example of a little thing that I feel like is so powerful. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the brand I use is called Georganics and I, I think you get them in the, U- in the US. I do think so because I've seen um, some of the sustainability people I follow in the US actually use them. Um, and the thing that's so cool when, you know, you say you want to go sustainable, it sometimes it's hard because, um, especially with things like, like beauty products or, or toothpaste stuff, because you can go with the natural product, but then what about the packaging? So that's where it becomes a bit intimidating. Um, because everything, everything has a carbon footprint. But um, what I love about your organics is that, you know, they have, they don't use plastic. So it's like glass bottles and glass containers. And um, even though, you know, recycling glass um, is, is more difficult than plastic, um, you can reuse your glass containers. So I have like a huge amount of glass containers and just use them for everything. Um, so that's the kind of thing that, that you can then do when you, you find sustainable packaging. That makes so much sense. I love that. Okay, now now I'm ready to go get those, get that toothpaste and look into that company. But so for everyone who's listening, who's like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready quite to like make that kind of shift in my life, but I really want to go sustainable. 
and I just like don't have the resources I don't really know what the first steps are like what would you say are the first like easy steps for making like starting a sustainable lifestyle that feels accessible just getting into it so I think that's kind of what I what I try to do with the the 12 week or 12 step challenge and um for me, so I did it as a 12-week challenge, but why I'm saying it's a 12-step challenge is because, because it focuses on specific topics. You can choose one topic that you're quite passionate about. If you are really passionate about beauty products, you can choose green beauty. And, you know, you can, you can for example, go onto my website and I have kind of a tip, a swap sheet that like literally small things that you can start off with swaps, you know, swap out, um, you know, your, your normal shampoo for something you get from a bulk store or swap out, you know, vinegar for, or, or you know, uh, fabric softener for vinegar, you know, small kind of swaps that you can start making. Um, and then kind of working from there. So I, I, my, what I would say is, choose like a topic you're, you're quite passionate about and start doing research. And then whenever you need to replace something in your house, ask yourself whether but just simply buying the easiest one is, 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 is the right thing to do or whether you can do a bit of research and find something that is a bit more sustainable. Um, I think it's really hard if you don't have the resources, but that's what I'm, I'm trying to do with the sustainable library. Um, kind of giving people those resources to say, you know, this is, these are the kind of stores to support. This is the kind of products to support. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's the, 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 my biggest tip is just to start with like something small, um, some small topic and just start doing research into that and start seeing what you can do, small changes you can make. Oh, that sounds, that's like so easy. Like, like <laughs> no, no, no. Like so simple and so powerful, but it's probably a little bit more complex once you start getting into it. But like, I feel like that's like, so like breaking the stigma of this needs to be hard, which I think is yeah. so powerful and so impactful. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was just like such a, like a beautiful step that's like, here's the stuff in a little package. Now you can like, go like, spread your wings with it and yeah it need to be anxiety producing exactly exactly and um i'm hoping to when i'm when i'm done with the the challenge so next week is week eight um <laughs> to take everything that i've kind of put together over last year and and in these 12 weeks and i'm i want to really create kind of an online course that people can kind of join and and in that way start off with their journey um and once again it's going to be very like kind of modular you can build it up in any way you want um and if you feel you want to focus on one thing for slightly longer than a week that's great do that because that's what you're passionate about and that's what what you want to maybe focus on a little bit and and yeah so that that's a kind of the the dream for the rest of the year is to eventually make this 12-step challenge into an online course that people can share in. Yes, I love that. By the way, I'm going to join that, by the way. Just uh, like, yeah, as a yeah, side yeah. note, that's like exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love that. That's so powerful. And I feel like that's something that like a lot of people, like, it, like you said at the beginning, it's like this going sustainable is kind of a trend right now. And I feel like having a comprehensive course like that is kind of the beginning of what people who like don't want to just follow the trend but actually like make this into their lifestyle yeah. like and go full course into it. I feel like that's a beautiful stepping stone to help them do that yeah. without the like there's so many options anxiety yeah. washing over them like we've been talking about yeah and I, I also think just to make it real I mean, Instagram is amazing, but it can be extremely overwhelming and people take such beautiful photos and half the time I'm like, I'm not that photogenic and I cannot take, I'm not a photographer, you know, and just to make it real, just to say, you know, it's about those small things. It's just about, you know, your house doesn't need to be perfect. Um, it, it just needs to work for you. And if that means, you know, creating a, a desk out of, um, you know, what you have at home and it doesn't look like 
a fancy, you know, Instagrammable desk, but you've upcycled something. That's amazing. So. Yes. That's actually like such a great point that is like Instagram has given us like this filter or this like veil on life. That's like this perfect filter because everyone just shows like this, these like perfect photos. And it's like, there's so many ways to live that are perfect. They just may not look like Instagram perfect. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this week as well, I, I did a little um, Instagram story about energy specifically. And we had to buy, we've just moved into a new house and we had to buy a new fridge. And you want to buy a, a, the most energy efficient fridge you can, obviously. And I was like, no, we should buy, you get an energy rating on your appliances. That's like triple A. And I was like, a triple plus and I was like no we need to buy that and I like looked at those like fridges and they were like 800 pounds and I was like who can afford that like I I'm I can't afford that's like the cheapest one um and it just kind of opened my eyes again that you know once again even for me I've I've been on this journey but you get swept up in it and I was like going back and I was like no we'll choose our price range and we'll choose the best option we can get in that price range. And I will be happy with that because I make the most sustainable choice for me in my situation. And yeah, that, that, that's really important for me. Oh, that sounds like that, just you saying that, that kind of like opened up a whole new window of what sustainability would look like, like in my head. Cause it's so true. It's like, it's what is sustainable for you. And to all of our listeners, if you're like, I can't buy that like thousand dollar thing that's going to make my house super sustainable, know that you don't need to, that it's about finding what's sustainable for you. And that's already a step towards like green, sustainable living and taking care of the earth. It's every little step that counts. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, just breaking it down. That that's all it is. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I was I was actually, so I saw someone on Instagram also, because <laughs> everyone I follow who does sustainability yeah. is also on Instagram. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's where, where we can share all these things. It is amazing. Exactly. So. It is. It is. I like, now that I'm thinking about it, like that's kind of like, Instagram's like my go-to for everything right now. Yeah. It is amazing how this platform like went from, let's do like photo blogging to all of a sudden like let's spread awareness of everything it's a great advocacy platform um and she was painting her house with non-toxic paint and i loved that idea and i'm pretty sure i can't afford that idea right now but i love that idea yeah (laughs) and i'm like i was here with my partner because we have these weird cream colored walls that drive me nuts but they don't drive my partner nuts he's just like accepted the color of them yeah and I'm like we need to paint we need to make them white I can't stand this weird cream color any longer and he was like well first of all when you paint a wall it's super toxic and like we wouldn't want to breathe that in and like it's not good for the environment and it's so true so it's like it's like making those little choices and then we decided not to paint because of that and I feel like that was like a huge win for us so it's like okay let's actually we'll just live with looking at the weird cream color walls but not hurt our body and not hurt the environment yeah. when we need to. So I feel like it's like doing those little little tiny things that yeah feel very good. And and sometimes it's about taking your time. Um I, I don't know, I feel like we're very much a society where I mean we have Amazon and it's like it's there and we have it. Yeah, literally it's just like and um this is kind of a journey that that me and my husband kind of gone on together very much because um, so for him, sustainability is all about, um, simplifying, but also he's engineer. So he thinks of it at a very like technical level and he's also our cook. So he loves, he loved going plant-based because it was actually cheaper and quicker to make food. Um, so, you know, that was his way of thinking about it, but then we had to kind of, kind of relook at our buying habits where because you have this habit of buying stuff on amazon and having it be so quick but maybe you need to take a few more you know days or weeks or so to do that research and find something that's not just a quick win and and get a better product 
And maybe then you decide not to buy it. Maybe you don't need it. Um, but that's also kind of a big mind shift um, in, in sustainable living, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's something we're still working on. And I think you'll always be working on it. But yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it as well. Yes. Yes, that's so true. And I feel like that like goes into so many different areas as well, because I feel like I'm definitely feeling that Amazon, because right now in the U.S., quarantine has made it so Amazon no longer comes in two days. It comes in like two weeks and it's like a non-essential product. And yeah. I'm starting to realize how privileged we were to have two-day shipping by having to wait like two weeks for a product. Yeah. Uh, it's like kind of like a huge mind shift for me. It's like, oh, this is this is like, maybe this is how we should be living where we don't get things like so stab yeah. out of the finger. But um, I feel like that, that whole idea of slowing down and not putting a Band-Aid solution on things, not just yeah. going for the first thing, it's, that it also like relates to how we treat our body too. And I, I think that it's really powerful to kind of look at that similarity of like, are you trying to do that Band-Aid solution? Are you trying to like get things right away and want those quick solutions? And then looking yeah. at too, is that also what you're doing for your body? Like, are mm. you trying to fix your hormones with Band-Aid solutions and like these quick fixes that maybe help you in the moment, but aren't a sustainable way to live and aren't sustainable yeah. for your body. I think it's so cool looking at that comparison between how we live our lifestyles in a sustainable way with products and then how we treat ourselves in a sustainable way. Yeah, I think that that's such a beautiful like it goes hand in hand, which is so cool. That's so that's so so beautiful and so well put. Um, and I can hundred percent like kind of relate to that with my whole like journey I went on with my hormones. Where you think by you know giving yourself medication you're fixing it, but you're not. You're not fixing what what's wrong with your body um, until you start listening to your body. Um, and and you know, it just, it's so much part of that, that whole journey, I believe. Yeah. Yes. So powerful. And that like comes full circle around to that idea that like sustainable living is more than just your products. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's how exactly. you operate in your life and your body. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, so powerful. Okay. <laughs> so do you have any last words that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything you'd like to leave them with today um, that they can take with them into the rest of their day after they listen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that thinking about sustainable living, like we've been saying through this this whole kind of chat, is that it's it's about a lifestyle that makes you happy, that makes you feel proud of your choices, that makes you calm, and makes you feel more connected um, to to the world, to Earth, um, and you need to find what makes you feel that way. Um, and if that means, you know, when you buy something and afterwards you feel, why did I buy this? Or you feel guilty, then you, you know, you know, that's not sustainable. So it's, it's a journey. It's hundred percent a journey. Um, and you, I don't think we'll ever necessarily be a hundred percent sustainable society because society is what it is, but you can do your little bit. And that's the most important part that you do your little bit, you make your little changes. And I promise you, when you look back, you're going to realize, oh my word, like actually all these little changes made such a big change in my life and indirectly in other people's lives as well. Oh, yes. So powerful. Yes. I love that. I love that. So people are like listening to this and they're like, yes, I need more information. I want to take these steps. What are the best platforms for them to find yeah. you on? And is there anything else that you'd like to tell them about with the sustainable library before we head out? Yeah. So um, probably the best. So the place I'm the most active on is, is Instagram. So you can follow me on um, at the sustainable library. And then my website, which is called the sustainablelibrary.com. And um, I really want to kind of take people to the website because that's where all the resources are. Um, but I also recently started a YouTube channel and it's still very small. So um, I started it along with this, this 12 kind of step challenge. So it has once a week, I bring out a video um, with like uh, my, my tips um, based on that specific topic. So, um, they're really short. They're like under 10 minutes. Um, 
So I try to keep them nice and short. So yeah, those are really great resources, I think, to kind of start off with and great tips. Um, so yeah, so it's on Instagram, um, my website, and then YouTube is also, everything is just the sustainable library. So yeah, please go have a look and um, I'd love to connect with people and um, see where people, what uh, people's journeys are. That's a big thing. I want to share the journeys. That's, that's what I want to do. I love that. And I'll put all that information in the show notes so that you guys can easily click to find all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Audrey, so much. For oh, thank you today. so much, Leah. This is amazing. Amazing into my day. So <laughs> I love that. This was, this was like the perfect, I'm like in, right in the middle. And I'm like, okay, this is like the perfect end to my work day. I'm ready to like go rest and like think, dream about all the things I want to do sustainable now. So oh, that sounds amazing. You. <laughs> yes, this has been so inspiring for me and I know for so many of our listeners it will be too. So I really, really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us and sharing with us and sharing your journey and helping us share our journey with you as well. Oh no, thank you so much. And just, yeah, good luck on your journey. And I look forward to seeing everything. And thank you so much for all the work you do as well. Um, it's just amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. That means so much. And to all of my listeners, thank you so much for holding this space for yourself, for holding this time to learn and to gather with us and to hold this container. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and being here. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. I hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering the Light podcast. If you loved this episode, please share it so that we can spread this light and empowerment to more people. I also want to invite you to join my free Divine Feminine community. Within this community, you will receive exclusive content and updates via email, be invited to my free virtual moon circles every month, which are so much fun, by the way, and you'll have access to our private Facebook group that is always being updated with more content and conversation. You can find the link to join on my website, liliageston.com, spelled L-I-L-I-A-G-E-S-T-S-O-N.com. I can't wait for you to listen to more episodes and would love to know what you want to hear next. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at lilia underscore Geston or email me at lgeston at gmail.com so that we can bring you the content that inspires your true autonomy.